Hi, this is Pastor Curtis. I want to thank you for checking out the Family Church Podcast. I hope it encourages you and inspires you to take your next step of faith. You can find out more about how to do that at our website, familychurch.xyz. And if you know a friend who needs to hear this message, please forward it on to them. I hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. How is how, how uh, something? <laughs> Greeting. Uh... How you doing? Sounds like we made it past the rain. Is it has it kind of moved on? Yes. No. Did you? Have, did, was it raining dogs and cats when you? No. It was awful on the way this morning. Uh, so, Lindsay and I, as we were driving here today. By, by the way, my wife is is uh, Lindsay, and she's sitting here on the front row. On the way here today, it was crazy raining for a little bit. And uh, we hydroplaned a couple of times on the way, and I thought, man, I, I, I'm either going to experience Jesus in church or <clears throat> in real life in eternity. <laughs> one thing's going to happen. We'll see which one uh, happens. <laughs> so welcome. I'm, I'm glad you're here. I really am. I'm so thankful that you are, that you are here. Uh, you know, Family Church is an amazing church. Um, I, I have known Pastor Curtis uh, for quite some time now, but... Um, in in knowing Pastor Curtis, you know, there's uh, things that we get to do together, that we serve together. Um, both Pastor Curtis and I are presbyters in uh, the fellowship that we're serving in, the, this denomination, and and uh, which really means very little to you. But uh, a presbyter uh, ha- is someone who has more responsibility, is, is asked to do more in our fellowship. And so you need to be aware. Hi, this is Pastor Curtis. I want to thank you for checking out the Family Church Podcast. I hope it encourages you and inspires you to take your next step of faith. You can find out more about how to do that at our website, familychurch.xyz. And if you know a friend who needs to hear this message, please forward it on to them. I hope you enjoy the message. The first time my dad asked me to share a message a few years ago, uh, probably wasn't very good, but I was also uh, super nervous. But I think I'm more nervous today because the first time I spoke, uh, there's probably about 35 people in the room, and now it's a packed house, and there's like 35 people watching online or more. And so, you know, it's, yes, it's to answer people's question, say, God, yes, I'm nervous. Uh, teach me <laughs> but it is an honor to give the message. You know, Family Church is my church home. Mom and Dad came to Wellsville when I was one. That's different. And uh, That's they've been here in okay? senior uh, pastor leadership uh, all of those years. Okay. And, uh, of course, so, I moved away uh, no, for a while. I, I actually, I and then God called Lauren and I, and I back to serve this church and this community. And it's such an honor and privilege to serve alongside so many other great leaders and to see, to see the fruit that God's doing, to see people people activate it's their faith amazing. and know God, find freedom, discover their purpose and make a difference. That's uh, the calling that God has put on my life. He's put it on so many of your lives too. And it really is a pleasure uh, to, to serve alongside you. And I'm so thankful for it. You're here in person. Well, the philosopher Dallas Willard said, hurry is the great enemy to our spiritual life in our day. Hurry is the great enemy to our spiritual life in our day. And as you read that quote, some of you are thinking, has Dallas Willard watched the news the past five years? Because there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of problems our society faces. And we're thinking, man, what's the great enemy to our spiritual life? Well, we've got a lot of enemies out there. There's a lot of bad stuff in the world. And he's going to say that hurry is the great enemy. And if you're like me, that's kind of what I thought the first time I heard this quote. There's that, like, yeah, I, I don't know about that. There's a lot well, of bad stuff out there. But then there's this, this part on the inside of me that's like, of living in his presence. Mm, that kind of hit home. 
Um, there's going to be a, a bunch of different. I want to start off by saying this topic I'm about to talk on. I'm not an expert on it. I want to, <laughs> you know, I'm not the professor up here teaching the class. Church, this is something that God has been working in my life and Lauren's life and my family's life. And I know that the Holy Spirit put it on my life. I just want to share part of that journey. But I do believe that as we look to the life of Jesus, as we look to the life of Jesus, we want to follow. And that's the invitation that Jesus had for us, right? Follow me. Couple of ways you can follow me. If we follow Jesus, we can see that hurry is not the life that He had for us. As Jesus followers, there's a better the way. Screen, I want to encourage you to do that because now here's what I know about you. You're busy. Information. You're busy. I'm busy. Everybody's busy. We live in a busy society. In fact, if you ask people, "Hey, how you doing?" One of the most common responses you'll hear back is, "I'm good, just busy." Right? We're busy people that live in a busy society. But the problem is when we're so busy, when there's no margin in our lives, when we kind of go at this fast speed, this breakneck speed of, of always go, 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 always striving but never arriving, well, it leads to some problems. And one of those is this anxiety. Anyone ever have this low hum of anxiety in the back of your mind like, I got to get more done, I got to get more done, there's more things I should be doing. And when you have this constantly replaying in the back of your mind, this low hum of anxiety, I got to do, I got to work, I got to get this it distracts from something. the relationships closest to us. Both our Heavenly Father relationship and those relationships to Everybody, our loved no ones do, that we lived with. Up, it weighs us you're down. We don't have time for others. We aren't thoughtful. We aren't loving the way that Jesus called us to be loving. Everybody In fact, can any of you ever relate to this? Have you ever thought, I need to send someone a thank you note? You know, I need to write a thank you note, so but then you get busy, you don't write the thank you note, and a few days go by, and you're like, man, I gotta, I gotta write that thank you note. But you're so busy, you don't take the five minutes to write the thank you note, and then a couple of weeks go by, and you're like, has the time window passed where I can still send the thank you note? I'm not sure, but I'm still pretty busy. And then a month goes by, and you're like, okay, well, now I know I just can't send the thank you note. You know, I just, I just, it'd be weird now. Who gets a thank you note a year later? Um, but we're gonna so we don't say out. thank you it's because we're too now, now here's busy. The, here's the truth, though. And some of us, when we get so busy, Worshiping we don't God make room for the Holy Spirit. We don't we don't make room for our, to, you know to work saying? on a relationship with God. We don't have appropriate rest. We're not taking care it. of ourselves. Ultimately, we can start to crumble under the pressure. We can self-medicate. We can burn out. Between you and the Lord. But I was actually about six years ago. Real quick, this is what burnout looked like for me. Looks different for different people. But I'm a classroom teacher. And one of the basic things I've done and then over a decade in the classroom is when kids walk into my classroom, I'll greet them by name at the door, right? Hey, Allie. Hey, Joey. I just say hello as they walk into my classroom. And this is what burnout looked like for me. I couldn't get myself out of my desk chair to the door to greet them by name. And I was like, what is going on? Now, don't worry. Nobody died in my classroom. I still taught the lesson. I still did the basic minimum requirements of my job, but there was no room for extra because I was pushing myself too hard. And I didn't realize it at that moment, but I I hit uh, people aren't burnout. In the front row here because and many of you uh, have probably a Kirk similar Smith story. If you, you think about it, you're like, yeah, uh, I did burn out uh, in that season in one way or the other. The and then I would come home from so, work, you know, and Lauren away, would say little things. She meant them in so, love, but she uh, would honestly say, like, man, you're kind of I'm here, I'm worshiping, I'm enjoying it, and everything. Are you ever happy? This exuberant lady. And it's because I was burning out. And I just because I was always striving, but never arriving. 
There's a term called hurry sickness. This is an actual medical diagnosis. Hurry sickness is defined as this. It's a malaise, an ill feeling in which a person feels chronically short of time and so tend to perform every task faster and get flustered when encountering any kind of delay. Hurry sickness. This was coined by Dr. Meyer Friedman. He was a cardiologist in the 1950s. He coined this term. Dr. Friedman discovered common behavior characteristics in heart patients. Uh, that he had and the common behavior characteristics that he had was they were always in a rush they were always in a hurry in the being five feet long in a handbag like this big when you're in the grocery store you're looking for the shortest checkout line and you pick that line and if it doesn't move fast enough what do you do jump over to the other one and my youngest son and some of you are thinking okay all this all the stores just have self-checkout right now so that doesn't even that doesn't even make sense we're singing oh yes lord but how can you tell if you have hurry sickness here's 10 signs that you hurry too much. And I look down, Ten signs no that you hurry too much. Like Number one is this. irritability. You get mad or frustrated too easily. And she's just little things irk you. And you're irritable with the people closest to you. Now, some, maybe not at church. You might come to church and you weird. might be friendly, right? Shaking hands, being positive with a smile. But I'm are you irritable to the people closest to you? Your spouse, I'm talking about your kids, freedom. your roommate, your closest family members? I'm talking about no one. Do they irk you and do you have an irritability with them? The best ways to know. Number two, hypersensitivity. Minor comments can set you off and turn into major emotional events. You don't like getting feedback because you take it as harsh criticism. Ordinary problems that most people experience, they have a disproportionate effect on your health. You're hypersensitive. Number three, restlessness. You like the idea of sitting down and reading a book. You like the idea of slowing down, but when you do it, you feel like your phone just vibrated. Or you feel like, oh, I really got to text that person back. Or I really need to look that up on Wikipedia and check on that. You have a hard time relaxing. What is that, everybody? Number four, nonstop activities. You're always on the go. You're addicted to getting stuff done. And there's something to be said for being productive. In fact, when I'm talking about hurry, hurry isn't having a lot to do. Why not worship? You know, Jesus had a lot to do. It's not about having a lot to do. It's about having too much to do. The definition of hurry is when you have too much to do. When you always have nonstop activities, sometimes you're super productive at work. You put in the time, you get everything done, but then you come home and the people closest get the worn out, tired, just let me relax version of you. And that's and talk that's about not the really fair to them, is it? All these and that's not really who you want to be. But the nonstop activities wear on you. you Number five, emotional numbness. Like you don't feel like you have the capacity to, capacity to truly empathize and feel someone else's natural. pain. You and think about, man, I, 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 I should reach out to that person. I should let, on, let them know that I'm here for them, that I'm caring for them, that I'm praying for them, that I'm available. But you're so, like, I just don't know if I have the emotional bandwidth And maybe, maybe every once in a while you question this here at Family Church. Uh, the Number six, out-of-order priorities. Did, you're constantly you putting out, a fi like out fires. You're dealing with the tyranny yeah. of the urgent. So, so let's look at this and the way that you spend your time worship. doesn't match what up with what you truly value. Is the correct In fact, one definition of, of success that I love from John Maxwell, you know, he careful, says, you know what success is? You'll, it's you'll when the way that you spend your time and your values line up. Rather the definition than of success. The you say you value God time with your kids. So you, you say you value your kids so you truly spend and, that and time with them. But sometimes we get out of order priorities and the way that we spend our time is like, man, this isn't even what's flat. most important to me, but I feel all, all of my time yeah. goes to this task this. or to this. Number seven, lack of care for your body. You don't get enough sleep. You're tired all the time. You really need that cup of coffee. You don't take the time to exercise 
Or drink enough your, water. Your preference is a little, a little bit like number mine. eight. Escapist behavior. I'm up here, you know. When you're yeah, too tired or I'm don't have the time to do what's life-giving and healthy, you I'm turn to a I'm distraction of choices: in, you know, scrolling social media, about we overeat, we overdrink, we binge something, we just want to escape. Style. Number and nine, our spiritual disciplines slip or they're inconsistent. But Reading our Bible, spending that time with God, praying, the serving, being in a group, worship, being generous, worship. coming to church. These By things the way, encourage us and they are life-giving and they feed our soul, but sometimes they slip because selection. we're just too busy. We're in too <laughs> much a of a hurry. And then the last one is isolation. You feel disconnected That's to God. You begin to feel disconnected to friends because like you don't have time to get together and, and, and connect and talk. The death and resurrection of Jesus is known as Palm Sometimes Sunday. you're with family or friends, the but first, then you get sucked away. You isolate yourself on your phone. And if you've ever been told, hey, can you get off your phone, please, by your five-year-old. A lot of that Maybe time was spent out in the rural now areas. I know I kind of just drug us through a swamp. I mean, he, he and that wasn't very from, encouraging. From small town and to small when I town, saw that list, I was like, what am I, a seven out of ten? And one was like, no, you're, you're ten out of ten. <laughs> or you have been at one time. But in this uh, scripture I'm it's about to tough. read you, and I'm not at all meaning to heap any guilt here. He's I'm saying the cult of a donkey that's never been ridden before. Honestly, and here's why this matters. Some of our worst moments, some of our worst moments, already. As and it's one that's husbands, never been as ridden. fathers, I mean, what as friends, have no wonder. As that's proof in itself. These fellow believers in Christ God. is donkey. You gonna do what I tell you? When we're do. short on time, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's when do I ignore attention. the person that so might there, need there they my go. time? He's right. When am I harsh or bitter or cutting? A bit of a spontaneous worship service to the people closest to me. I lash out. I don't mean to. But and I lash out because I'm in a hurry. This past week, Brecken and like Annie parade, had cheer camp in Gardner. So as we're driving over to Gardner uh, for their cheer camp each evening, Annie asks the same question every day. She says, are we, are we going to be late? Are we, are we late? I was like, no, just relax. We're fine. Where does she get that? At her young age, where does she get that she needs to worry about being on time? And then I think, how many times have I said, hurry up, hurry up and go potty. Let's go. Hurry up, get your shoes on. Hurry up, get buckled in. Hurry up, help your sister. Hurry up, let's go. And I think, what have I done? You know, I'm writing this message and I'm working on this and I'm preparing and I'm realizing, you know, by my actions, I've created this, this little anxiety in her five-year-old mind that, She's going to be now, late. Too often, we, we think that God may not some of be our the worst moments are when God today we're in a hurry. That he was now, it's not entirely your fault because our society runs off being busy. You know, we, we As a history teacher, I love looking at turning points in history and how history got us to where we're, we're at. Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison invented the light bulb about 135 years ago. Did you know that when Edison invented the light bulb, the average American got 11 hours of sleep per night? 11 hours of sleep per night when Edison Invented the, before Edison invented the light bulb. Today we get on average seven. And most of you in the room, you feel good when you get that seven hours of sleep. Wanting to be involved, registered. Sometimes we feel like we're on a treadmill and society just pushes it a little bit faster. That's a little bit faster. Just a little bit faster. We look back and like, man, that are going to be transformed. Everything seems to be going so fast. Kyle was sharing 7 Eleven. In the 1950s, most businesses were closed on Sundays. In fact, a lot of businesses closed at 6 p.m. on weekdays. That was kind of standard business operating hours. And then 7 Eleven came into cities across the country and they said, we're going to be open till 11 p.m., seven days a week. All the and they changed the game. The and it wasn't too long after that that businesses started being open 24 hours. 
Our eyes are closed, waiting for something. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a place that we all know and love better? in our culture that does something counterintuitive. They do something countercultural. And of course, I'm talking about the Lord's Chicken, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I, I just don't Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays, and it's like a punchline that they're closed on Sundays. It's almost as if Chick-fil-A took a vow of poverty to be closed I mean, one day a week. When just a generation ago, so we ought to that was kind of the norm that places closed on Sunday. Sunday was a day of rest. Sunday was a day of family. Sunday was a day of church and relaxing. But our society has has sped up. naysayers. These were and now it's countercultural to slow down. help us with that. Take even one day a week off. I don't think so. I don't think that's the same thing. Okay, but you understand what I'm getting at. What this quick pace of life, this frantic pace of life is doing to our souls, that spiritual part of us that lives forever, right? We're triune beings, right? We have a body, we have a mind, and we have our soul. Our soul is the part of us that's going to last forever, that's going to live forever in heaven. And I wonder, what is this quick pace doing to our souls? Because God has designed us for that relationship, right? Over and over again in the Bible, we see this relationship with the Father. Paul talks about having relationship, knowing him more, and that's our, our soul. But if we're so quick, we don't make the time for it. In our society, we use slow as a negative descriptor. At the restaurant, if the service was not great, it was, it was slow. If the movie didn't keep your attention, the movie was slow. If the Amazon package takes three days, the delivery was slow. Slow is a negative. Fast is good, slow is bad. No, you know what he's talking about? You and I, we come now, but from Earth. Now you're like, okay, so you can offer any we solutions come, or are you just going to tell us some things we already knew about how society moves fast? So when Jesus says, and the let solution your will is, be done just in like Earth, in Sunday school, saying? we're going to look your will to be done Jesus. In me we're going to look to Jesus. In now Jesus heaven. was alive for 33 years, right? He lived about 33 years. 30 years of that, we really don't know a whole lot. He, we, he lived a relatively quiet, normal uh, life, right? As a carpenter. Um, and so his ministry was three years. And during his ministry, right, we have a lot of written record of what, what he did during his ministry of teaching, of healing, of miracles. And did you know, know that during those three years, Jesus never once ran? It never talks about it, right? Talks about, and the Bible talks about running, right? Elijah ran, disciples ran, and never once mentioned that Jesus runs. Everywhere Jesus went, he walked. In, in the now, Jesus could have ridden a horse. God there was horses in the day. He could have rode a chariot. A lot of people, He's especially royalty, like wealthy people, rode chariots. But Jesus never rode a horse. He never rode a chariot that we know of. In fact, That's the only true. time he rode a, an animal, right. you know what it was? God wrote that. He rode one time, he rode a donkey. It's much more like a sports Jesus game, everybody. I'll tell you what, wasn't you know, in a rush. Hard. And Jesus also accomplished everything that God had for him. You know what I'm saying? Now, Jesus was also well, interrupted like, frequently. In fact, next time you're reading you're like, through the Gospels, no, I challenge Jesus. you, look at the number of times that Jesus was interrupted. Uh, Jesus will be teaching. He'll be telling a story, and he'll be interrupt, interrupted with a crash question, right? Someone will say, Rabbi, what about this? When he's in the middle of teaching, and you know what he does? He takes the time to answer that question. Sometimes he'll tell an entire parable in response to a question. As he's in the middle of teaching, he'll be interrupted, but he will go with the he was and he's interruptible. With a and sometimes Jesus would yeah. be walking somewhere, like, he would be going somewhere, me? and he yeah. would have a demand oh, yes, on the people take. There would be a crowd where people say, Hey, come here to my house, I need you to heal. Really? Hey, can you heal I mean, my sick? Hey, can you help me? Can you I need I mean, to see yeah, yeah, go ahead. time and time again kid, Jesus whatever. is interrupted? And when Jesus is interrupted, you know what he does? You, the, he the one who brings freedom lives in that moment. He has compassion on the person that's that's interrupting. And I wonder, are we he's earned are we interruptible? How do you so respond when you're interrupted? C.S. Lewis has a, clo- a quote that looks like this. this C.S. Lewis says, the way that you respond to an interruption 
How you respond to an interruption is who you really okay? are. Thousands of, I'm and as the parents, we kind of shudder I'm not talking about these because we think of all the times that our kids interrupt us. How I'm talking about we're not always loving or compassionate or understanding in those moments. May have had an electric harp, maybe. You know, there's a saying in parent literature that goes like this. I think it's a little bit older, but it says, "Love is spelled T I M E." What am I talking about? That's true. When it comes to a relationship, love looks like time. Love looks like slowing down. God is not a firm traditionalism, though. As I'm working on this message this week, I experience interruptions, right? One of the most common ones is Pretty Pretty Princess. It, it's difficult to we find just got freedom it in my for a birthday. And Annie wants to play Pretty Pretty Princess with me. And I know that it's going to involve, right, me wearing earrings and all Listen the jewelry. And I know it's going to involve the game's going to move at a slow pace. This isn't, you know, when you're playing a board game with, with, with the kid, you don't rush through this? that. And it's going to involve me losing the game. But what does love Because you are going to arrive... Sometimes that's what at love looks like. At those pearly gates of heaven. If we want to love, like right? The, two wow. gates, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor if as yourself. Like this, but love and hurry you may not be staying. You know what I'm saying? not compatible. Like, in fact, think about Paul's definition of love. In 1 Corinthians 13, when Paul describes what love is, so, so the very first descriptor, Psalms, he says, love is songs patient. In the Old Testament, there's 150 Songs as Jesus followers, if we're supposed to be loving, book, right? And a psalm is a sacred song for him because love and hurry in the don't go hand in hand. And used in Christian and Jewish. If anyone here is single and you're looking for love, you're probably not looking for someone that's always in a hurry, that's always in a rush. In fact, some of you might have a bad date story, right? Because the person that you were with, they seem to be in a hurry, right? They seem to be in a rush. Love and hurry don't go hand in hand. For us to understand. Now, ultimately, this message, it's not about how busy your schedule is. It's not about the shows that you watch, the apps on your phone, your screen time, what your schedule looks like. It's about your relationship with God. That's what it's truly about. That's what matters. And then I'm going to give you. And Jesus offers a solution to hurry sickness. Jesus offers us a solution to being too busy. And here's what he said it's found in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28, 29, and 30. Let's look at Jesus' solution. Then Jesus said, to come to me, all you who are weary foolish. and carry heavy God burdens, and I will give you he rest. It's, it's there in a Take my yoke upon you. Anyway, Let me teach you, because I am humble he and gentle that. at heart, he really and you will does. find rest for your he souls. It's a for my yoke is easy moment, to bear, okay? and the burden I give this, you this is light. Of raving, boasting, if you grew up in church, you've probably heard these um, verses we're before. Not sure what to and do at the end of the Jesus is not promising us an easy right? life. He's saying the secret is the Jesus is like, there's a lot of ways to live life. The hardest way to live life, the hardest way to live life is to live life like everybody else in the world. I want but you, you add Jesus on top of it. When that moment Jesus comes, saying, I, I just want to give you some freedom. There's a better way. When that moment there's a better comes, way. Here's, okay here's my yoke, clap, right? Okay? The word picture would have made sense to the agriculture society that he team. talked to, they, right? Because they, they were a farming people. They saw oxen. They saw yokes, right? There's a picture. Let's take a look at what a yoke looks like, right? Now, one of these is Jesus. One of these is you. 
Come on, everybody, let's give God some praise today. But the purpose of a yoke is to carry a burden, to carry weight. That's what a yoke did. It's like Jesus is saying, yes, there's going to be a heaviness to life. There's going to be a burden. There's going to be weight that you're going to carry. But the way that I have designed it, I created you, I loved you, I have a plan and purpose for your life. And the way that I have designed it is for you to come alongside next to me and do life with me. The, The secret to the easy yoke is to do what? It's to come right along alongside next to Jesus to go at his Here's the pace, one, to go at his yada. direction. That little green guy in now, sometimes uh, we might take on this yoke and what do we feel? Public with an we extended feel restricted. Hand. We feel tight. We want to go do our thing. We want to go this way. We want to this. We want to be free. We want to, where does that lead us? When we go off and do our own thing, we're like, man, I'm really tired from carrying all this heavy weight. I get worn God down and I get isolated and I get anxious and I get worried and I get burnt out. That way, not me. But Jesus is like, no, 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 no. He wrote hey, it that in, way, not right me. next to me. Right next to some me. Some of us in this room, some of us got, online. You I'm going to do the heavy have lifting. been chasing after you God get, all of your life. You just got to get in line next to me. But there has been Come with me this direction. This is, this is the plan. This is the purpose. This is the way. Trust and his understanding, right? We put our trust in him, not our own understanding. And he does the heavy lifting. The secret, <laughs> the secret to that, Let that be is to move at the same pace and the same Listen, direction you, it, as Jesus. It's not Jesus. about being weird in worship. He determines the pace. It is about We're not calling the shots. We're not saying, hey, it I think we need to go this way. Hey, I think we need to pick it up and go faster. Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. This is, this, this is my God. yoke. Did you just come here next to me? Psalm 138. I got the plan. I'll praise you, Lord, with all my heart. It's hard to praise God with all your heart when you can't even praise him with your heart. But what does that look like? In 2021, what does that what does that look like that, hey, to take good, on the yoke of Jesus? Uh, here's the next one. Barak. Let's go at his pace. Barak. Well, what was the pace of Jesus? Three verses. Let's look at him real quick. Three verses. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. You know what the pace of Jesus is? Sometimes it's getting alone and getting quiet from all the noise that goes on in life. It is surrendering my life. Here's another one. This one's worship from Mark chapter one. Very early in the morning, songs. while it was still worship dark, Jesus got up, preaching. left worship the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Worship What's the pace of Jesus? All of that getting up in the morning and spending time another. with God. Worship is loving before my you go digital. Well, worship is before you get too busy. Before you children. get out the door, worship you spend is that being time kind to my coworkers. Third one. Come away. Come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. If I didn't, they wouldn't be working. See the theme here? Uh, So the pace of Jesus is making time for God. I'm going to worship. It's making time for God. The easiest thing. I'm going to worship pace. The hardest thing is what a lot of us try to do. Like, yes, I, I believe in Jesus, but also, you know, I got to strive because I got to get all this done. I got a lot to do. I got to do. And so we strive and strive and strive, but we never arrive. But Jesus is saying, slow down. Come at my pace. Come alongside me. Spend time with me. That's where that relationship is. It feeds our soul. Be still uh, and know the Lord that I am God. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added unto you, right? Striving looks like I got to work, 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 work. I got to get this. I got to obtain this. These are, these are what I'm saying. No, no, no. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of heaven. That means come alongside me. This isn't and that's quiet. where you'll find rest for your soul. That's where life won't be so heavy. It's still going to be heavy. There's still going to be a burden. 
But I'm Listen, if do you don't know lifting. the words, if you don't know the words, God's not going to be mad at you if you're like watermelon. How do you watermelon. go with the pace of Jesus? Yeah, he's not going to be mad you at you. Spend time with but God But sing that day. watermelon That's to the it. Lord, everybody. Now Just I know. Sing it this to is Jesus, countercultural. Okay? Um, and I, one I love this Psalm 25-minute message. It's better than my life. It's better than life. It's not like there's a silver bullet. I haven't figured out this in my own will glorify you. I'll praise you. As long as I live, and in your name, I'll lift up but as we my close, hands. I want to give you this two simple worship. next steps. This the first is one worship, is to listen, join a five-day Bible reading plan. This sometimes week. when we're looking at five social media, we start plan. worshiping. To join this plan, you Anybody can take else? out your phone, and you can just you're text the word hurry. You're like, whoa, the number that you see on the screen, the church number. You know, you see the a good deal at the store. You're like, hallelujah. We're going to worship something. Maybe you're worshiping the church as we do this five-day Bible reading plan. Spending that Maybe time with God in the morning the, the and looking at what does it look like to go at the pace of Jesus? What does it look like to come along that, that easy yoke? If that's We're the life right, that he has for me, how can we do that? You can text you know, hurry to 785-261-0484 and join that five-day Bible reading plan this You week. are worshiping something. The second one we're going to do the question as you is, pray with me. So let's, let's pray together. The question is, and as we pray together, as we close, am I shouting for my God? I would just ask you to to pray this to pray this simple prayer. Right where you're at, as you breathe in, and just say, "Holy Spirit, what do you have for me?" Talk about lifting up. Holy Spirit, what do you have for us? Is this what from this message do we do we need to take and apply to our lives? Where church is a little bit more solemn. Father, we know that you created us, that you had a plan and purpose for our life, and that is what we want. We want your plan over our plan. I'm telling you. We don't want to strive and strive and strive and never arrive. In heaven we want to find is not rest be in like you. We want to find contentment it's and peace and joy that you offer us like when we do life your way. When we come alongside you and have that relationship awesome. with you. So awesome. if there's something that we need to yeah. say no to, hear me. Hear just me. show hear it to us. Holy hear Spirit, show it to us this week. There's something that we need to say. Say yes to something spending that time with you. Help us this week this. to walk okay. with you. If you've never worshipped God with your hands, never thank you, Father, for guiding started. us, for giving Most us spiritual like wisdom and practical wisdom or maybe to know like you more. Look, it's dark. And as we continue praying, if there's someone listening that you want to make the decision to follow Jesus, you say, I've tried to do life my own way. I have strived and strived and strived and and I have gotten burnt out, and I just don't know what the answer right. is. Now, now here's, here's the answer why we is do Jesus. This. And too if you need to make the decision to follow Jesus, you can like do that this morning. It's a simple prayer. Like holding our problems it's a simple decision. Like, if I, if, it's not on, easy, I'm, I'm but get it's that simple. Grace from you. <laughs> you can just say, <laughs> good luck. Heavenly Father, <laughs> I admit but if you, that I'm, I'm telling you, you, go to God like this. See, I this, believe this in you and in your son Jesus that, that I'm you can in my hands is up for grabs. Go ahead, Lord. Take it all. Whatever doesn't please you, are, Lord, take it out of my hands and, and then fill my hands with your, your grace and mercy. Fill my hands with your goodness. Amen. Fill my hands with self-control. Fill my decision, hands, Lord, with joy. Fill my, take the anxiety and fear out of these hands and fill them if with good things. you're following along on the Bible reading plan, I, I mean, hope you go to God and worship in this moment, even But overall, like thank this, you for being here this morning. Pastor Curtis will be back next week uh, kicking off a new series and we'll be celebrating the 4th of July with some fun things. Thank you for being here. We love you. Have a great week. I'll watch you on that front row. You're up there, you know, your hands are up high, and you're just 
I don't, I don't know how you do it. I, I'm struggling to do that. I'm struggling to do that. Listen, when we struggle, you don't need to worship like me. But you need to worship. You need to worship. And we talked for a little bit of dinner. And the next Sunday, you know what I saw him doing? <laughs> he was so precious. I saw, as I walked by him in worship, I saw him doing this. And do you know what's happened over the last several months? And they just get higher and higher. You know why? Because he's choosing to worship. You're choosing to worship something. What's it going to be? <laughs> what is it going to be? All right. Uh, so Psalm 50, whoever offers, oh my goodness, whoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him who orders his behavior correctly or aright, I'll show the salvation of God. Last one, I, I love this one. I save it for last because it's awesome. Tehillah, Tehillah, it means exuberant singing. You, you actually get the same, you get the same results uh, with Tehillah as you get with tequila. Uh, I just don't encourage you to do uh, the tequila one. <laughs> you know, uh, tequila, man, exuberant singing. Psalm 34, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Listen, there is something that's resting on your lips. There's something that wants to come out that you want to talk about. Too often, our voice leans towards the negative first. I'm telling you, if you'll wake up in the morning and say, God, my praise will always be on your lips. If you'll start your day that way, it's much more likely you'll, your day will stay that way. If you start negative, I'm here to tell you. I don't, need, I don't even need to preach anymore. I don't. You, you, you start negative, it's going to be negative. Our God is a good God. He's a good God. Uh, let's skip that scripture, go to the secret. The secret of Christianity isn't about following the rules, it's about falling in love with God. It's about falling in love with God. Here's what I know. I am not faithful to my wife because... I signed a marriage covenant because I signed a marriage contract. You think that piece of paper keeps me faithful? Are you kidding me? You have a driver's license, and, and you, you, my friend, you aren't faithful to the law all the time. Uh-huh. It's five over. I mean, they're not going to pull me over. It's breaking the law. I'm doing it too. Praise God. Seven, eight over. You know what I'm saying? But just because I know, just because I know doesn't mean I'm going to. No, I'm faithful to my wife because I love her. I, I, why do I love her? Because I know her. You and I, we struggle to love God because too often we don't even know who he is. We might know about him, but do we actually know him? And you can know him in worship. You can know him in worship. Okay, I need to respect my time. Let me read you a scripture and I'll give you these points of application quickly. Mark 12, it says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard Jesus and others debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked, of all the commandments, what's the most important? 
this is a dangerous question because that teacher is like you and I. Like we want to know what's the very most important thing. And when we know that, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on that most important thing. Now there's a beauty in Jesus' answer because it takes you way past like one little thing. It actually gives you all of it. That's, that's our God. Look how Jesus answers. The most important one? Well, here it is. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The issue with that, that's worship, by, by the way. That's worship. The challenge is how. So how do I do this? Here's how you love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. It's by giving him your affection. Something is receiving your affection. What affection are you giving to your God? I love this question. What do I love most? Early on, in, uh, my, my, my wife and I, we got married five days after I graduated from high school, six weeks after I turned 18. Okay, I'd never shaved once in my life, and I'm getting married. Uh, why did we get married so young? We were pregnant, and I felt that I, was I needed to be responsible for the decisions that we had been making, and I felt like the best thing to do would be to, to get married. Well, eight months in, we did not like each other. I actually asked my wife and oldest son. Um, I say that to make myself feel better, that I asked them to leave. Really, I kicked them out. I did. Now, now Lindsay, she, she could have become very bitter, everybody. She could have become very bitter. Um, but here's what my wife did. Um, she went and lived with her parents and every mealtime, every day, she would take our newborn five-month-old son, lay him on one side of the bed in her room. She'd take her plate of food and put it on the other side. Then she'd kneel down on her knees and she'd begin to pray. And here's what she prayed. And there's incredible wisdom in what I'm about to tell you she did. Here's what she began to pray. God, would you please, would you please help Jared to fall back in love with you. She didn't pray that I'd fall back in love with her. She prayed I'd fall back in love with Jesus. Here's the truth. She knew if I would love Jesus, I would start loving her. You have a rebellious kid, start praying, they'll start loving Jesus. Your marriage is struggling, start praying for your partner, your spouse, that they'll start loving Jesus. It starts with us. We gotta start loving Jesus first. She, she put her hope that we would stay together. She put it on the back burner, hoping that I would just fall in love with God. Who do you love most, everybody? Who do you love most? Number two, all my mind. This is your attention. This is your attention. What are you giving your attention to? What are you giving your attention to? How are you starting your day? What's your thinking look like? What are you dwelling on? What's your attention? Here's a big question. What do I think about the most? What do I think about most? Here's something I'd encourage you to do. Wherever you work, school you go to, whatever, 
driving wherever you're going, taking a walk. Here's my encouragement. When you start that little journey, simply say this. Hey, God, I just wanted you to know I'm thinking about you. And uh, I need to actually talk to you a little bit about uh, my day today. I'll, I'll talk to you again later. You, you know how God's going to respond? He won't look crazy. <laughs> but he'll be like, come on, talk, let's talk. Let's talk. Give me your attention, everybody. And lastly, we love the Lord our God with all of our strength, with our abilities. With our abilities. The, the big question here with our gifting, our abilities is, uh, what do I do most? What am I doing? How, how are you making a difference in the world around you? How are you making a difference? Wellsville and the surrounding area needs you. Needs you to make a difference with your God-given abilities. Your workplace needs you to make a difference with your God-given ability. And here's what happens. This is worship. To love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Here's what happens, Jeremiah 29, 13. Kyle, you're coming in a second. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. I want to pray over you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today? Nobody looking around. There's always next steps to take in our lives. As long as you've been serving God, maybe you've not been serving Him long at all. There are next steps. Joining us online, here in person, there are next steps, everybody. These are important steps. Now, maybe that next step is to say, I've been worshiping all kinds of stuff, but I have not been worshiping the one who lived, died, and rose again for me. The one who took away my sin. The one who offers me grace when all I have to offer him is junk. He gives me grace. Romans 5, 8 reminds us, while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So maybe that's you, and you need to make a new commitment, maybe a first-time commitment to serve God today. Maybe you're sitting there and you're, you're saying, man, I've been putting my affection, my attention, and my abilities on all these other things, but I have not been fixing my eyes on Jesus, and you want to start fresh today. If that's you, no one's looking around, just me and Jesus. If that's you, would you raise a hand real high? today you're making a first step you're taking a step towards God you're taking a step towards God yeah let me pray for you you can put your hands down Jesus thank you for who you are thank you for what you do thank you that you offer next steps you offer something better than the brokenness we have to live in right now Thank you for that beautiful scripture that says you go to prepare a place for us. And where you go, you will invite us to be with you. Lord, I thank you that really the only thing we can do on this side of heaven that our loved ones who have died and gone before us are doing. There's only one thing we can do together, and that's worship you. 
So every time we gather and we choose to worship you, we know, man, we have joined everyone who's gone before us, everyone who will come after us in worship. And we worship Jesus today. We don't worship a political figure. We don't worship a sport. We, we, we don't worship all of these other things. No, no, no. In Jesus' name, we worship Jesus today, the author and finisher of our story. If you agree with that prayer, would you say amen? Amen.